Once again, I hope Aroldis Chapman bought his infield a really expensive dinner. You are locked on MLB. Your daily MLB podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, baseball fans, and welcome to Locked On MLB, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. This is the daily podcast we talk about all of Major League Baseball. I am your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully. I am an Emmy-nominated television producer who has been a baseball podcaster for well over a decade now, and I have been a podcaster here on the Locked On Podcast Network for the last five years. Uh, follow us at Locked On MLB Pods on Twitter. And on Instagram, I'm your pal Sully, Sully Baseball on Twitter, Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. We're going to be talking a little bit about you know, Game 3 of the World Series and the fact that evidently home field advantage doesn't mean piddly-poo for the Texas Rangers who are halfway to winning their first ever World Series title in their history. And if they continue running the table on the road, well, then uh, we've only got two more games left. We have guaranteed a game... Uh, on Halloween, which is probably the day you're listening to this podcast. And we're guaranteed at least one day of November baseball, of which I love baseball. But I don't think baseball should be played in November. But what do I know? Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the game. We'll talk a little bit about the heroism of Mr. Gray. We're going to talk about Mr. Fought and his horrible luck in the postseason. And the fact that, once again... I do not believe you should ever use a Roldis Chapman in a big moment. Uh, and once again, uh, his defense has saved his butt. And also going to talk a little bit about the strike zone because the strike zone became a topic, maybe not the major topic I think some people would like it to be. However, it's not uh, it's, it's, it's not good. Um, first, we're going to get to the trivia question. And here's the deal. Normally, when nobody gets a trivia question, I let it multiply. Uh, but this is an instance where nobody got it, and I'm going to move on to the next one. The question was, in 2001, when the Arizona Diamondbacks were in their first World Series and won their first ever World Series championship, it was not exactly an offensive showcase for either the D-backs or for the Yankees. Which Diamondbacks player was the only player to play in all seven games to finish above 300 in the batting average and have an OPS in the 1000s? And I got a bunch of people guessing uh, Luis Gonzalez. Some people guessed uh, Matt Williams. A couple of people guessed Craig Council. You're all wrong. Although I was kind of pleased to see that you're all wrong. Do you know why? It means nobody was cheating. Nobody was Googling. The answer is Steve Finley. Steve Finley, who batted uh, 368 with an OPS of 1.005 in the seven-game victory. Uh, he hit a home run, drove in a couple runs, and he got five runs scored. Um, Finley was, you know, was the, uh, the top offensive performer for Arizona. What a strange career Steve Finley had. A wonderful career. Uh, he played for 19 years in the big leagues. He played for 
every single NL West team. He was part of the trade that uh, Baltimore uh, traded away Kurt Schilling, Pete Harnish, and Steve Finley to get Glenn Davis. Glenn Davis was a big power hitter for the Astros, and the Astros were they played in the Astrodome at the time, which was probably the worst home run hitting park in baseball. And Glenn Davis put up big numbers. And so the thought process was if he played in Memorial Stadium in Baltimore or later Camden Yards, which were big home run or you know, big offensive parks, his 30 some odd home runs at the Astrodome would be 40 some odd home runs elsewhere. And so off went Pete Harnish, Kurt Schilling, and Steve Finley to bring in Chris Davis, Chris Davis turned into an absolute disaster for the Orioles. And all three of the players that I mentioned eventually became all-stars. Pete Harnish had a really nice career. Obviously, Kurt Schilling would be in the Hall of Fame, if not for his baggage. And let the record show, even though I'm unabashedly left-wing in my politics, uh, I, I, I think Kurt Schilling belongs in the Hall of Fame because of what he did as a player. And there are people whose politics I don't agree with in the Hall of Fame, but it's not the Hall of Sully's politics. It's the Hall of Fame, and Kurt Schilling had a Hall of Fame career. He's done some things that I find morally reprehensible. And it, he belongs in the Hall of Freaking Fame. That To me, that's, that's all there is to it. Um, but uh, it's funny that... Um, uh, Finley had some wonderful years with the Astros, but then was part of the Padres team that went to the World Series. He was part of the Diamondbacks team that won the World Series. He then was part of the Dodgers, and he hit the the walk-off grand slam to clinch the division title, uh, and then wound up playing with the Giants in a year which was uh, not one of their best in 06, and he finished his career with the, he finished his career actually with the 07 Rockies, who went to the World Series, but he was not part of that roster. But a wonderful, weird career for 19 years, uh, accumulated 2,500 some odd hits, uh, and was a Gold Glover and an MVP. Was he a Hall of Famer? No, but there's a but he had a fabulous career and probably checked off almost everything you would ever want to check off your proverbial bucket list. Okay, back to the game. Um, I went into t- to the game three thinking that that was big-time advantage for the Diamondbacks for the following reasons. Um, I liked uh, I liked uh, Fought. I liked the way that he's been pitching. And I didn't have a lot of faith in Scherzer. I didn't have some faith in Scherzer because he obviously didn't play in the first two rounds. He didn't go deep in his earlier starts. And he just, he look at, he's Max Scherzer in name only at this point. I mean, this is not the Max Scherzer who you hand the ball thinking you're getting a Cy Young performance on. You get, this is Max Scherzer who's basically an opener. And I thought that that pitching matchup completely favored Arizona. I also felt that game four was probably going to be a bullpen game and then like probably Heaney or Gray, that was my thought process, it was going to be Heaney or Gray pitching in game four. And I thought, you know, that probably favors the Rangers. So I was really thinking that we were going to get to 
uh, a game three Arizona victory, a game four victory for Texas, and we would be at game at the end of game four. This series nodded at two apiece. I forgot that the Rangers don't lose on the road this October. They didn't lose on the road in the opening series in Tampa. They didn't lose on the road in the division series against Baltimore. They didn't lose. They won all four games on the road against um, Houston. And now they're 9-0 on the road. Forget home field advantage. They, they're, they're, they don't need home cooking. You know, all th- all four of their losses this postseason have been at home. So, you know, they are, what is it? I mean, I don't, I can't do the math in my head. I don't care about the math in my head. I think, what is the record? They are, uh, they are nine, they are, they are 10 and five overall. Is that what it is? And yeah, they must be 10 and five overall or 11. I don't know. They, 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 they've, they've, they've won a lot. They've won a bunch and they're, they're better on the road. Um, the hero of the game was obviously John Gray. You know, Scherzer got hurt and he left the game. It wouldn't, there's no word yet as the time I'm recording this, it would not stun me if we are never going to see Scherzer again this uh, postseason. And by the way, they're playing on the road. It may not matter. It really may not matter because, you know, Texas could, you know, Texas is going to be throwing Heaney against the bullpen and you're going to have Montgomery and you're going to have Ivaldi each pitching a game. So if they, you know, they're almost, I mean, almost worst case scenarios, they're going to be up three games to two going back to Arlington. But, uh, you know, this game was when, when Scherzer was taken out, Gray came in and Gray is a starting pitcher and he did the thing, which I think you have to have some of these pitchers, especially when we have, it's clear that pitchers aren't going beyond five innings. And again, broken record time for Sully. But when you seeing that you're not going to have the, the starting pitcher face someone a lineup more than twice, then you should also have a second pitcher who won't face the lineup more than twice instead of one inning, one inning, one inning, one inning. And then you get text strings. Oh God, where are all our pitchers go? Well, you had this guy throw eight pitches and now he's gone. And gray again, Bochi playing by feel as the manager allowed gray to come out of the bullpen. And he threw how many, how many, uh, uh, you know, he faced 10 batters and allowed one hit and he threw 30 pitches. And through, you know, uh, Scherzer threw three, Gray threw three. So by the time you got to the seventh, it wasn't like you've had 15 pitchers. And sports was there, and I'll get to Chapman in segment two. But the pitching staff was handled in a way that it was intelligent. It was handled in a way that made sense. It was handled in a way that wasn't just sort of, well, you know, what are we, you know, he's already done A and B, and we have to go to these people all lined up. No, he said, hey, Gray's pitching great. And if we, you know, stretch him out to a third inning, then all of a sudden it's like a normal game that would have been started by Gray as opposed to, you know, a game where like, oh my God, it's all hands on deck. It's the sixth inning. We've already used four pitchers. And nobody, I mean, Spores probably, you know, Spores pitched uh, 16 innings of stressful, you know, you know, uh, 
relief, fine. But you can use Spores tomorrow. You can use Leclerc tomorrow. And still not be uh, putting the da- putting the team in danger. And again, this was a wonderfully managed game by Bochi. I feel really bad for Brandon Fat for this main reason. Once again, he didn't pitch out of the six, but the, this wasn't like what the day he was throwing the masterpiece against Philadelphia. Um, I, I actually totally agreed with taking him out then because you know they they had scored three runs and they were starting to get to him. Uh, here's what makes me say, and Castro got out of the jam and. In the end, uh, Nelson and Frias and uh, Saul Frank, none of them let up a run. So, you know, I have no issues with how either team handled their pitching staff. This, the thing that's sad for me is that, and this is how stupid win-loss records are, uh, if you just look at win-loss record, this postseason, Brandon Fott does not have a win, but he does have a loss. And this is a guy who has been an absolute stud for the Diamondbacks in a team that needed him to fill that role, to be the pitcher, uh, not named Gallon and not named Kelly, to come up, and he has come up big several times, pitching the sixth inning today, throwing the masterpiece that he was stupidly taken out of against Philadelphia. Um, he's done his job. And if you just look at win-loss record, which I do not, he looks like, oh, God, what did the guy do right? Well, I'll tell you something. Um there is someone who they should not use. In fact, I would rather use Brandon Fott out of the bullpen in a key situation. And people who are listening to the show know exactly who I've been talking about. Okay, everyone, you know it's time to talk about. It is time to talk about America's number one sports book. It's time for FanDuel. Look at the NFL season has begun, and evidently there's a big game coming up between Philadelphia and Dallas, which we thought was going to be the matchup of the World Series, was going to be Philadelphia versus Texas, which is kind of Dallas. But no, it's now the domain of football. Right now, new customers of FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, can get $150 in bonus bets with any $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. So if you're thinking about joining FanDuel, and I know you are, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. Who is it? It's FanDuel, official partner of the National Football League. How many times do I have to say it? How many times do I have to say it? Do not put in Aroldis Chapman in a big game. Now look, I've made my displeasure of Aroldis Chapman very, very clear over the years. But I am a human being on earth, and I acknowledge that he is eligible to play, eligible to be on a roster, and he is, whether I like it or not. And they have chosen, they being the Rangers, have chosen to put him on their active roster. I have pointed out, just as a pitcher, he always seems to come up microscopically small in the big games. He has blown big leads for multiple teams now in the 2010s and the 2020s. 
and still they drag his butt out to pitch. And like in the Baltimore series, his line is going to be extraordinarily misleading. Hey, how did a Rollis Chapman pitch today? Well, he did let up a run. Uh, he got out of the inning. He got a hold. That shows you how, you know, the win-loss record, the win-loss stat has now lost its meaning. The hold stat means absolutely nothing because he got a hold for this performance where he let up a run and two hits in one inning. That's a positive outing if you use the hold stat. I understand what the hold stat is. They need to come up with some sort of stat for middle relievers that wasn't wins and losses and saves. But do you know what? Let's get rid of all of those because I don't tell you a GD thing. Brandon Fott hasn't won a game this postseason. Aroldis Chapman evidently has five holds. And I've seen him do nothing but be on the precipice of wetting the bed. He woke up. The, the, the Diamondbacks' offense was absolutely dormant, absolutely dormant, especially um, after uh, Christian Walker got thrown out at home in the bottom of the second, trying to score, running right through the stop sign on the Tommy Pham hit. He ran right through the freaking stop sign. Boom, gets nailed at home. So there's still no score. And then Simeon gets the hit. Seeger hits the home run. And, you know, so the, 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 their offense is dead. They couldn't get a run off of the, the late Max Scherzer. They couldn't get a run off of the, oh, my God, am I pitching today, John Gray? And they couldn't get a run off of Mr. Spores, who, uh, Josh Spores, whose name I think I'm pronouncing correctly. And then in comes Chapman, and Chapman is like the paddles over their, over their, uh, the heart going clear. Oh, they're still alive. Immediately, Rivera doubles. Immediately, Perdomo singles, and it's not they're not soft hits. Now Carroll strikes out because after fastball, 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 uh, you know, on two-two count, he throws a curveball, catches Carroll napping. And then Catal Marte comes up. You thought it. I thought it. We all thought it. That Catal Marte was about to tie the game. Instead, he hits a ground ball. The defense of Texas. Uh, uh, sorry, scratch my nose. The defense of Texas saves Chapman's butt. Picks up the ball. Throws a dynamite double play. Bang, bang, double play. He's out of it. We saw the exact thing happen in Baltimore. Remember that? The one the, the game in Baltimore where the you know same thing. The Orioles offense was dormant. The Rangers had a lead. In comes Chapman. The Orioles are starting to rally. And then a dynamic double play saved Chapman's butt. Five holds. He, they this was a dodging a bullet. You know, I've used this analogy before, but like the Matrix, where it sort of zooms right over Neo's head as he's leaning back doing the limbo. That analogy made sense to me. Um, and the Matrix isn't as recent a movie as I think it is. I don't care. You don't use the man in a big situation. You can't do it. You can't do it. Do you know why? Because he will eventually blow it. He will eventually blow it. So, Boach, you got lucky. Use Will Smith the next time. At this point, you might as well use the actor. Um, 
the most disturbing thing that happened uh, was um, the the fact that Adolis Garcia hit a fly ball in the eighth, and then um, Travis Jankowski came in and it looked like Garcia was like grabbing his his back and everything like that. And um, wow, uh, the Rangers better hope that Garcia. Uh, just pulled something, and he'll be sitting in the whirlpool, and he'll be fine. You can't take his bat out of the lineup. And Garcia has not exactly – Garcia hasn't been the Adolis Garcia from the ALCS, uh, you know, who who has. I mean, that's – you know, you're not going to replicate that. You're not going to replicate his performance in, in, you know, in the ALCS where he batted 357. But here's the deal. After three games, I was like, yeah, you can't expect that. He's batting 300 with an OPS of 110. He has a walk-off home run. You know, so he's having a good series, whether no, no matter how you slice it. But, um, I, you know, I wonder. I wonder if he is kind of sort of hurt if the fact that the Rangers could take advantage of being up 2-1 to one and saying, let's sit him out one day. Let's sit him out one day. Of course, that would be the day that the Diamondbacks win and they gain momentum and blah blah blah. But uh, I hope he's I hope he's healthy, and it's not just because I'm rooting for Bruce Bochy and he's my dad's favorite manager. But the World Series is better if all the best players are healthy. I don't think I'm going on a limb when I say that one. So uh, yeah, we're going to need that because tomorrow is going to be a bullpen game. I maybe for both sides, depends on how Heaney throws. But it, I have a feeling, call me crazy, but if Heaney is pitching very well, I have a feeling Bochi will let him go long. But come on, Adolis, get into that whirlpool and feel better. The moment that was on people's minds, clearly was on Tori Lavola's mind uh, during the, the post-game press conference, was the 3-2 count to uh, Gabriel Moreno. And it looked like he got ball four. And Moreno you know, was walking up the, the line and did a little yike, did a little yikes what? You know, kind of Sammy Sosa hop uh, before coming back and uh, grounding out, and then it looked like they were about to get the the leadoff walk with Walker and Tommy Pham coming up against Leclerc. They would have each been the tying run. Instead, it's a very different inning getting the leadoff runner on or not having the leadoff runner on, which is what happened. Um, I wasn't quite as livid about that because the umpire missed the call. There was a call earlier that was called a ball. That was clearly a strike that Alfonso Marquez blew that call. So it did even out. I I wasn't as angry because it was even out, except the fact that that's not how the, that's not how timelines work. You know, the mentality of being, you know, up, up to one in the count, down one, two in the count, you know, full count, two and two, whatever it is, having the count be, you have different approaches, whatever the count. So there's never about, oh, he made up for it, and so therefore it's all as well in the world. No, 
he threw a strike earlier that was called a ball. Then later threw a ball that was called a strike. I guess technically that's paying back the universe, but I don't want to have to hope that that happens. Look at, I love the human element of baseball. I also don't like to go to self-checkout when I go to CVS because I don't like to take jobs away. But I also want the game called. And I've been saying, I did a video about this back in 2011. Okay. And I may link that on the, you know, it wasn't a lockdown MLB. There wasn't a lockdown. It was back in the old Sully baseball days. But I did a whole video about the fact that, no, I don't want varying strike zones. I want the human element to be the pitcher either throwing in the zone or not throwing it in the zone. Getting it in there, throwing a perfect pitch or not throwing a perfect pitch. That's the human element. What I don't want is a pitcher throwing a strike and it's called a ball and vice versa. And if we have the technology to do it, it wouldn't take a job away. You know, with the little buzzer thing that goes when the t- when the pitch clock runs, that could be for the strike too, because we see it. We, c- we have the technology to know whether or not it goes in the zone in real time. And the ump could still be there going, strike, this. And the, there's plenty of things for the ump to do behind the plate. But when we, s- I want strikes to be strikes and balls to be balls. And if they have the technology to do it, and we very clearly do, then what are we doing? I don't want to see a game called on a on a bad strike. I don't want to ever hear about, oh, this ump calls the high pitch. He never calls the low pitch. I don't want reality tinkered like that. That tinker reality created the illusion that Leon, uh, Levon Hernandez was a big game pitcher because Eric Gregg, who was the umpire of that game between the Marlins and the Braves in the 97 NLCS, had a strike zone that was slightly smaller than Tacoma, Washington, when Levon Hernandez was getting called third strikes that was like a foot and a half off the plate. Looked like they were throwing an intentional walk. Stay right. He was basically Eric Gregg turned into Leslie Nielsen in the naked gun, uh, dancing around after getting the strikeout. I don't want that. And we don't need that. And we can and we can get the whole Robo-ump things working and still have lots for the real umps to do. We see most of the time they get the calls right. But I let's take that pressure off because there's enough stuff for them to do by the plate anyway. <sighs> anyway, I just um that's not what ended the game. What ended the game was the fact that the Rangers pitchers, save for a role this Chapman, shut down the Diamondbacks and the Diamondbacks need to figure something out. Remember, they had never won a road game in their team history. They need to figure out how to win a home game. Otherwise, we only have two more days left of baseball. And as much as I'd like to see a Texas Ranger World Series title, I'm not ready to say goodbye to baseball yet. I'm not. But I am ready to say today's trivia question. Today's trivia question is this. Now, look at We are going to have a World Series MVP. We got someone awarded with one. And sometimes a player makes the most out of their first and only time going into the postseason. Three World Series MVPs won that award in the only time they ever played for a playoff bound team. 
the only time that a player that these are the three World Series MVPs who won their award, the only time they were ever on a postseason roster. So let's think about that. World Series MVPs, their lone trip to October, they get the big prize. Who are they? I counted three of them. If I missed one, I apologize, but I don't think so. And by the way, what I mean by that is if they won the World Series MVP, this was the only time they were on a team that played in October. It doesn't have to be another World Series champion. It's like, for example, uh, uh, Jeremy Pena won the World Series MVP last year. He should have, it should have been Framber Valdez, but that's a different story. But Jeremy Pena played in the postseason this year. So that was on his only trip to the postseason. These are the ones, the only time they ever played for a team that was October bound, and they got the big kahuna, the World Series MVP. Who are the three that that happened to? Um, and I would get that question faster than you got the Steve Finley one. Uh, put the answers down here on YouTube or put them at Lockdown and Milby Pods on Twitter or whatever it's called now and Instagram. I'm your pal Sully. I'm at Sully Baseball on Twitter, Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. Calling balls and strikes, wondering if there's no place like home, actually a much better place than home for the Texas Rangers, and leave a roll this Chapman in the bullpen if you want to win. This has been Lockdown MLB. I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Let's play ball, and you can call me Sully.